You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. The kid is your mother. The kid is my mother. And I'm the father. You, yeah, I know. My daughter's my mother. My son's my father. And the other son and is And the other bro. son is my bro. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've heard my mom talk about her sex life to me like three times. As far as I know, they've had sex four times and it resulted in four children. My parents are openly talking about it all the time. It's disgusting. Welcome to Sex Talk with my mom. I'm Cam Potter. And I'm Karen Lee Potter. My mother is a sex expert and cougar and the world's oldest living millennial. I'm glad you added that. And my son, he's a stand-up comic, a mime, and a Buddhist clown. Together, we talk about sex twice a week, once on Thursdays, once on Mondays, Thursdays with a guest. Monday is our Monday morning after show. That's what MAS stands for, if you're looking at the title of this. And what do we do on Mondays, Mother? Monday, we answer your responses and comments about prior episodes or any other questions you might have about sex or dating or life in general. Yeah. And uh, why do we talk about sex? We talk about sex because it just ain't talked about enough. Actually, uh, we had a weird experience talking about sex recently. What? Today. What do you mean? Well, we went into a place where they make... Oh, dank-ass coffee. Really good coffee. It was called Dark Matter Coffee in Chicago. Yes. In Ukrainian Village. Cam did a little research, found out that they... What is that called again when they make coffee? Roast. They roast the so coffee beans. It's a roastery. The roastery So we got plus a tour of the whole roastery by our friend, our new friend, Theo. Theo. If you're listening, thank you for that tour. And ironically, well, so I, I decided to tell Theo about our podcast when we were As leaving. As you do anytime you go anywhere. I think it's important that the host spread the word instead yeah. of just waiting for the word to just be spread on its own. <laughs> okay. So I decided to tell uh, Theo... About uh, the podcast, I wrote it down. Here's the podcast name. She listens to the podcast, and she doesn't blink an eye when I write sex talk with my mom on a piece of paper. Not even like, oh, that's unusual. Just like, okay, yeah, I'll well, listen to well, it. Well, Theo said that they worked at a uh, a a lot of sex stores. Well, it turned out that her, she, her one of her relatives is a very um, outspoken um, sexologist, and she was also... You do well, a lot of she in her, but a lot of she and her pronouns. We don't know if that's the case. Oh yeah, Theo, Theo. Well, Theo. It was a hip coffee shop. I, w- I don't want to assume anyone's pronouns there. Yeah. Well, anyway, Theo has worked in quite a few little sex shops, and not uh, you know like sex toy shops and other places we like gotta, that. We got to cut. You do this every time. Well, how long we got? We have right. four All minutes right. talking about Theo. All right. Well, anyway, the, I, the reason I bring it up is because she said it's just not talked so about again, enough. Again, she, he, they, they said just it's just not talked about enough. Okay, so that's why we do it. We talk about it because why not? You know, it's another interesting thing happened recently. What? I'm, I'm going way off the rails here. One of our relatives came up to me and asked me a very explicit sexual question, which I thought was very neat and very cool. What was the question? Is it possible that my girlfriend could be super orgasmic? It just comes up to me like instead of like, oh, you know, what's the weather going to be tomorrow? And, what was and the by answer the way, can someone be super orgasmic? What was the answer? Truthfully, I mean, I think what he's confusing super orgasmic with is having a, uh, an orgasm for a woman, which is different than having an orgasm for a man. Because an orgasm for a woman can last up to like 45 seconds to a minute, longer even. Oh, sometimes. so you're just saying the duration is longer than normal. I think he was saying that it, that, the, that 
the orgasm is is just very easy to come by. Well, that's that's another issue. That's that's a completely it's an different issue. issue. That's like almost like being like with that you, a, that's not, doesn't you know, like when an you issue, come mother. too soon. You know that kind of thing. You come really quickly. It doesn't seem like that's an issue. Now Nina Hartley had told me that there are some women, like some porn stars, that are like they can come repeatedly over and over and over, no refractory period whatsoever. Whereas she is like a one and done. Well, so it's just every woman is different. So I'm reading "She Comes First by Dr. Ian Kerner right now. Which, by the way, I'm literally walking around with a vagina book. Well, it's not, with it's not me, a, a vulva book with I, me at all times. It's, it, it, the picture is actually of what type of is that a pomegranate? I think it's I don't a know. We were already described it on the show. Okay. It looks like a vagina. It looks like a vulva. I keep well, saying this. Yeah, I, I can't say vagina anymore because I'm literally looking at diagrams of a vulva and getting a tutorial. This is the best sex ed training I think I've ever gotten. And what did you say earlier? You wish you had this book 10 years ago? I wish I had this book 10 years ago. I've been texting every single person I know about this. It's bec- It completely I, has changed you, the way I view sex. Do you see sex. the way I earmarked that book? Well, I think that these pages are all... F- <laughs> What? Well, fucked from you. What, you. what does that mean, fucked from me? I what don't do you know think what you were doing with this book. I don't know what was happening with this thing. I was reading it in depth. Yeah, you were reading it in depth. And I was marking the pages off so I could show it to you, my we boyfriend. Were marking, we were marking very different pages, by the way. Really? Yes. You're marking all the techniques that you you think would be fun to for someone to do on you. Absolutely. Uh, and I'm marking the pages of just like pictures of a vulva. <laughs> <laughs> You're just getting down to, to get the, the basics. basics. Trying oh, to get jinx. the basics down here. Yeah. That is very funny. Well, I already knew basic. I know basic anatomy. You know, the where's the urethra? The urethra is where the pee hole is. Yeah, that is the pee hole. Yeah. That's, yeah, but it's inside. It is. It's kind of like. The vaginal canal. It's not really inside, no. It's kind of like on the outside, like right next to the clip. See, you have an, a head start on this. Of course, I happen be- to know my own body. Because you happen to have one. Exactly. And men don't, don't know, but I hope you know, men well, do know the difference know between a vagina and a pee hole. The clitoris has 8,000 nerve endings. I did. Which is double the... Wait, is Trif- it double? No, it's like 100 times or no, maybe 1,000 no, no, no. times. Well, no, 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 no. I think, oh, yeah. Oh, God. What was the quote? I think it was like... I think it, it might be 40 double. times maybe. Do you even know the statistic I'm looking for right now? Yes. What? How many? How much more sensitivity and how many more nerve endings is a clit versus a penis? That's precisely it. And I think a it's penis. four times. A penis. I think it's four times the amount. So obviously. Four in, in your dreams, like 40 times. Come on. You need me to look this yeah, up? I'm going to look it up online right you're, now. Oh, yeah. You look it up. I've got the book right here in front of me. I bet you I'm going to beat you to it. Nerve endings of... Uh, Look at this. The frenulum. We all uh, have the same shit anyway. Uh, I didn't realize this. Uh, Did you know taint stands for it ain't one or the other? Meaning it's between... The <laughs> no, that's a little fun fact. I, I don't know if that was a joke or if that's a real that thing. That is pretty funny. There are more than 8,000 nerve endings in the tip of the clitoris. That's I've double the number of those in a penis. Oh, so double. Double. I that's what it, I thought. I thought I it was like 8,000 times. Yeah, but it's still it's going to be double as pleasurable as what I, how I interpret And this is also interesting. A clitoris is made up of 18 distinct parts, a mixture of erectile tissue, yes. muscle, and nerves. Yes. I'm learning them all. I know. You're like the authority on a vagina now. Yeah. You, you're, you heard about the vagina monologues. You got the vagina authority. Have you heard of the front commissure? I have not heard of the you front commissure. You got one commissure. of those. I'm glad to hear Probably it. Probably you got one of those. I don't Who know. Who the hell knows if I got a front commissure? Commissure is at the top of the, the, the whole, the vulva. You know the, what? Most, the, the most women are just there. happy if the guy knows the difference between the clit and the vagina opening. So that the vaginal opening. Well, I, I, I can't stop reading this thing. It's unbelievable. I, I, here's the difference. Here's, and I, I said this on a previous show, I think. Here's the difference. 
first of all, the, he, the the sexologist Ian. that writes this, Ian Kerner, coming oh. on the show. Okay, he's coming on our show. He it's very he exciting. He explains that most of the nerve endings are in in the just the outer area of the the, cl- yeah. the the whole vulva, meaning that in the clitoris, in the like the centimeters in the lips, inside the lips, area, right? Yeah, yeah. It's not deep in there. Uh, that's it, not it, true. Deep in the vaginal canal, it's there are many many fewer nerve endings. Yeah, yeah, but there are there are definite. Uh, Parts of the vaginal canal where it's rigid, like the, where the, where there's ridges, and that is actually part. Uh, that's called the G spot, and that's part of the clit. This is what I'm right saying. In. So what are you saying? So and, and that's not even too far in. So here's what I'm saying. It's all external. We have a culture uh, premised on this idea that penetration and get, just getting fucked with a huge dick is like the best for a woman. Right, exactly, and this it's is, total garbage. It's nonsense. It's, it's actually it's the propagated, worst. It's it's propagated by by, by men, probably men who want to fuck and think that inter they they've convinced everyone that intercourse is the best way for women to get off and men to get off. It's propagated Incorrect. by pornography that is produced primarily by men for men. So here's the difference: if it is if if it is true that the shallower parts of the vagina are more enervated, if the clit is more enervated, that means that the mouth might be a better substitute at times, most times, than a dick. Or a dick that's positioned in the right position, no matter how big or small, especially if it, it doesn't even have to be anything besides there. <laughs> so you're, you're saying people Even a micro penis can get you off. But so for someone like me, who comes quicker than I want to and often feels like, well... How is she going to experience any pleasure if I'm if I'm coming in instantly? She, I told you she didn't give a flying fuck. She's not going to give a flying fuck. I told you that for years. And then I've been now, telling people this. Then I, I can do stuff with my mouth. I was a fucking water spitter with fingers? the human fountains. What did you just say that? Yes, you don't have no clue the muscles that I gained. Oh my god! You have no clue. All right, I think it's knowledge that more than anything. I have I have the understanding of my mouth. That's so much so good. That's, that's so much can, more controllable. And intense than my dick. My All dick right, is like ladies this foreign object. Well, no, Cam has no, got no. The I still have not gotten to the, ch- the chapter that's about diseases and how those can be transferred from here we from go, here we the go, the vulva to the mouth. Okay. All right. Did you get to the part but, where it has so to be deep? Can I just say spiritual sex and you can't fantasize? No, he doesn't and you talk just about be that. Present. He doesn't talk about that. I'm going to get into that with him. But I, 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 I don't. Here's the. the I difference. cannot even believe what that the episode sh- is going to be like when you interview him. Oh my god, the that shift, poor guy. Oh my god. The shift from I'm, I'm, my manhood is dependent. I can fuck the shit out of this person versus I can I can pleasure this person with my mouth in a very subtle way. Most women are going to come from oral sex more than they're going to come from penetrative sex. That's correct. I'd say, or like, at least that's what this book seventy-five says. to eighty percent of the time, maybe maybe more. You, so you think that this guy is not just making a uh, an argument for for uh, people guys with small dicks? It or, has or nothing comes... to do with dicks. It has to do with the willingness of your of a man or a woman, whoever it is, or they to sexually please the partner. And the way you please a partner is by Mostly clitoral stimulation. This this is exactly it. I've been thinking a lot about this on this trip, about this idea of giving and receiving. 
we've talked about this. Yes, I would like to hear more. What my, are your thoughts? My on? uncle actually bought me a Brene Brown book all about this. Really? Well, at least one chapter is about this. I'm very excited to read it. And and we talked about the tendencies, which is giving and receiving. It, it relates to this. The we can get tendencies. into this. Yeah. Okay. So so basically, here here's why I keep thinking about it. We're in Chicago with our whole family. It's my grandpa's 90th birthday. This is the one that was very sick, uh, who's still battling with cancer, and but he turned 90. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable that he made it and got his driver's license renewed. That's that's some hope right there. Yeah. And was criticizing my fucking driving technique. Mine too. He, I'm, I'm driving him home from his party last night, and <laughs> I go through a yellow. I turn left on a yellow. He didn't he like goes, that. From the back seat. Oh, I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> I know. It's like being in a driver's ed course. Then we park. He turned. He, he goes. He goes. Make sure the engine's off. I go. The engine's off. We get out. I start walking away. I see him walk around to the front seat, get in the car, <laughs> turn the car on, turn the car off, get out of the car, close the door, turns to me, and goes, "The engine was on." <laughs> no, the engine wasn't on. I go. You turned it on. He makes up his own little narrative. I don't know what the fuck that was, but he is, he has gotten off the one off the cuckoo chain. Sometimes, sometimes he gets off the cuckoo train. Well, it, it's interesting. It reminds me of what we were just watching our home family videos last night. Oh, my God. And I'm looking at myself as a kid, criticizing my brother in these videos. Yeah, well, he was five years younger, and you weren't, you, you weren't criticizing him. You were just being, like, reprimanding him. You were always, like, the dad to him. So I started hating myself in these videos. What? Yeah. You were adorable, a little pudgy, but cute. What the fuck? You went through a little pudgy phase. First, you were super skinny. You had to get super slim jeans. Then at some point or another, you got a little chubby. Husky. A little husky. I remember when I was, I remember vividly the day <laughs> we went to go get jeans for me. I think it might have been in the, yeah. in the gap. And you put some, some jeans over the thing. They're clearly not fitting because the slims are not fitting anymore. And then the, the person helping us goes, ah, I think he's ready for husky. Oh, I, I remember go, that. What I the actually... fuck husky? <laughs> what do I need a husky for? I re- actually remember this. It's so weird. You I can, do remember it, this, right? There's very few things I can remember in my life, but that is one of the things. Because I, I remember you were like, I, I felt so bad because he said husky. And you're like, husky? Yeah, and then what you go, no, 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 it's fine. It's, it's fine. fine. Everyone's husky. Oh. I love that you you immediately tried to curb it. I, I'm not going to have anybody give my kid a, a body dysmorphic issue. But it is interesting. So I, this all this is a I'm going on a lot of you tangents are. And here. And by the way, I wanted to, to to do some housekeeping. What the fuck? What, we, we got we got four threads that are completely not tied together right now. This is because it's post coffee, not pre coffee. Yes. Well, no, I was going to say, uh, we had some really good um, reviews on iTunes. Oh, my So I fuck, wanted to Mom. read one of those. This is, all right, we're going to get, here's what we're going to get back to. We're going to get back to giving and receiving. We're going to get back to, we're going to get back to the grandparents and how that has affected the way that I'm, I'm perceiving the world right now. And uh, we're, we're uh, I think we're going to stop talking about me as a husky. Okay, so here's a wonderful review. We love when you guys leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes, even if you're not listening through itunes it still helps us a lot if you go on itunes and right you can listen on spotify and uh, stitcher and apparently i heard radio i didn't realize you can listen to all these different places but if you can just go to the itunes app and hit the review tab these reviews like really determine our exposure so it's good and also they're extremely helpful for us to just to read that that you're into this and you know or what interests, what is, you, interests pers- you about the show specific. so this says love this podcast five stars by amber m green 
I stumbled upon this podcast while at work. Because that's where I usually listen to podcasts. Yes, I know. And I instantly fell in love. The bond between Cam and his mother is truly inspiring, and the guests they have every week never fail to entertain me during my boring work shift at work. Thank you guys for creating this, and please never stop. Oh, Thank you, Amber. Thank you, Amber. I we'll love try never that, to stop. Yeah. But you know what's interesting? Who I love knows? when people say they stumble upon us. What the hell are they it searching for? They're searching for some sex tips from a mother and a son <laughs> i which, don't know if that's what they're searching I think how they're the hell did you sex and then they're like what the fuck is sex talk with my mom yeah and we do have a really cool new logo you should check it out it's the same logo that we had on our sticker you think they checked it out they 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 played the goddamn thing well, you might just have it on subscribe and it just comes up. So. All right. Another thing we want to let you know about is that we have an Instagram account at Sex Talk with My Mom that features hilarious videos of our favorite guests. For our 200th episode, we asked them to say a few words for us, and they did. And now they're all on Instagram. We also have a YouTube video that goes all the way through with the, them all together. So you, now you can visualize, you could see the videos and not just listen to what they had to say. And Second City is now on YouTube as well, right? Our time in Sex and City? Oh, yeah. Well, on YouTube, we are also Sex Talk with my mom. So check us out so you can see the video. Our, one more thing I want to talk about is our Patreon. Oh, yeah, Patreon. Patreon.com slash Sex Talk with my mom is a place that you can help support us financially and keep our lights on, keep this podcast moving. And uh, right now, we're at 34 patrons. Oh, yeah. We, we get to 50 patrons. My mother has offered... I like the way you put that, my mother. Because you did this. I you did, got I, us into this. I was a spontaneous challenge that I came up with. Which because was? Because you, had, you had, had a prior episode, which was episode what? What episode was it? What? What episode? Are you fucking kidding me? When you did the, the blueberries that were infused with, with weed. I, wasn't, I was never on it with weed. So I'm not going to even bring it up. You had an edible. We, oh god it was called it was like called edibles give me diarrhea or something like that yeah okay so anyway when you were describing Cam it, has diarrhea on edibles for whatever reason it sounded fun to me except for the diarrhea part so you shout out if well any, if, I, if we get to 50 patrons we're doing edibles on the show yeah and we're gonna do a podcast episode doing edibles but we need these patrons in order to do it so you guys you want to push us over that 50, 50 patron mark? This is what you got to do. Go to patreon.com slash sex talk with my mom. Sign up for whatever uh, suits your budget and watch us uh, or listen to us. We might do a video of it too. Uh, when we decide to do a little legal, because it's in California, edibles. Okay. By the way, uh, not so legal on Friday night. What? <laughs> I go out with my friends. You go out, you stay in with Gerald. Yeah, I stay in with my 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 younger son, and I, I, you know what? I made a date with him. I had an opportunity to go to a very fancy restaurant with some other friends, and I'm like, you know, I never said never get to see my son alone, my youngest son, because he's always on a on the go. He's always got other people to see, places to go, not be with his mother. But this particular time, he came in that day. He was exhausted. He's like, oh yeah, I'll hang out with you, mom. Meanwhile, you had plans offered to you. I that's what I'm saying. I had plans to go to a nice restaurant. I was like, you know what? I'm going to stay home with, with my Jeremy. It was very sweet because I thought for sure you're going to bail on him. Uh uh-uh. uh. He would have. He probably would have bailed on me. Had, and even said that. He yeah, said, he t- oh, 100%. go to Joe Stone Crab in the city. Oh, he would have gone with your friends if he if they <laughs> if the opportunity it, arose. It, it, he would totally left you at home. But I decided, well, I'm going to I'm gonna uh, stay home with him and have a bonding night. And we, so first thing I say to him is, okay, let's discuss the weed and alcohol situation. <laughs> as all mothers do. As he, and he said, 
and he is over 24, so uh, he is legal. Don't you? You get a lot of flack from people thinking that you smoke with your son. And I, you know what I do, and I don't know, understand why women. We're really throwing Gerald under the bus here. No, but it, I don't know. Does he want this part of his life exposed? And what? Who gives a fuck? Oops, is, am I, I supposed to swear? Am I supposed to swear? <laughs> Anyway, episodes, my you know, point you is, swear in the show? I think of weed is is less of a problem or less toxic, b- toxic or harmful than I do alcohol. So to I also me, think you I, just enjoy it more. No, it's not that I, I like both. <laughs> so I ended That's up why having it was weed and alcohol. I, I ended up having a glass of wine and I took a hit of, of weed. A little hit of the potski. And then we had we ordered in some food and we put on our favorite music because we the two of us love to expose each other to different types of music. Which it turns out he should have been born in the seventies because he likes all the funk music that I liked when I was in the seventies. So we're playing some funk music and we're having a great time, and it gets interrupted by your sister. <laughs> I was not going to bring up this part, but if you'd like to play that. Who or- immediately comes in and and and, and Jeremy whispers to me, you know she's going to ask us to turn the music down. And the first thing she said is, hey, can you turn the music down? I'm like, God bless it. No. The kid is your mother. The kid is my mother. And I'm the father. You, yeah, I know. My daughter's my mother. My son's my father. And the other son and is the other bro. son is my bro. <laughs> What a fucked up world I live in. That is fucking it's hilarious. It's a world according to Karen Lee Potter. That is hysterical. Okay. All right. Where were we? We were talking about, do we have any other housekeeping? I don't think so. Oh, we got a lot. We got. Oh, it's Mother's Day. Mother's Day. If you join Patreon at a $25 level, we'll make you a personalized Mother's Day video for your mother or whoever you'd like to give a video to. Right. Give and it to it, your pet if you'd like. Yeah. It's just in honor of Mother's Day. Yes. So that was that. Okay. I, I, so I was talking about uh, Papa, how he's turning 90, how he's he's kind of regressing to his childhood days. Having older parents makes me realize that... How I hated myself as a child? No, it's just, it's so, it's like, I know how I dealt with two and four-year-olds, you know, that you can like, well, if they're acting up, you could put them in a timeout, or if they're, you know, if they need to be... If they need to be fed or something, you can like you know, stick them in a high chair. You can't do that with elderly parents. I can't like put them in a stroller and say, "Okay, we're leaving the building" because you're acting poorly. Yeah, you also can't control what they're saying. No, my and and they are hard of hearing, so they so say they're everything saying loudly. It very loudly. My grandparents, the other side, oh. turns to me in the middle of this 90th birthday party. They're sitting <laughs> next to one of my cousins. Who's gay. Who's gay, although he's never come out because he doesn't feel it's necessary to come out. No. But it's it's evident that he, he likes men. He's admitted it. Uh, and they shout out. <laughs> They're trying to whisper to me. They shout out. With, with, a, know, with a Spanish. Uh, Argentine accent. Yeah. It's not, it's not a, a choice. It's what God made him gay. And this is it. <laughs> right in front of him and i'm like where is this even coming from we were not talking about this because my nephew likes to dress in a very um he was wearing a race car jacket yeah but it's a flamboyant look he's got a very very um eccentric look how do you feel that every every, we're talking about all our family members you think they give a fuck our family members yeah if they listen to the podcast and object we will admit them next time Oh, give him. <laughs> but until ask for that forgiveness, happens, not for permission. That's good. I'll ask for forgiveness. I won't do it again. But uh, obviously, you know, we're we're not saying anything negative. We're just stating facts. We love them all. 
We do. Even if but you can the, but you some of the, some of the, leave the car running. Some of the comments that come out of their mouth are just astounding. So here's here here can I talk about the little giving and taking I've been thinking a lot about because we're yeah. spending so much family time. Yeah. So when I'm with a family, it's a little it's it's challenging. Yeah, because I because it's a little bit of a mind fuck. <laughs> On the one hand, they're, 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 we're spending a lot of time. We're sharing a lot of shit. And I could easily say, you know, I want this. I, w- I want the, the 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 bed with the better room. Oh, you're talking about... Or the, the room uh, with the better bed. Yeah. Okay. But then I'm like, well, listen, my, brother, he, my brother's going to be sleeping on the couch. He's not going to have a fucking wink of sleep. He's been traveling for hours. Should I just have, give him the bed that insta- and I'll take the couch? Okay, so on the one hand, I want it for myself. On the other hand, I care about him. In, in, in a way, he's kind of an extension of me. You know what I'm saying here? Well, he's your younger brother who you kind of raised as a child. So it could have been anyone in the family. This is I true, because you're an obliger. I'm like, I'm like, well, it's a, I, want a, I want the whole situation to be better. And if that means that this person is going to get like way more pleasure or comfort out of this that's very and it, it's giving a minor of you. sacrifice for me even though a, i prefer it it's not a minor sacrifice you probably wouldn't get a wink of sleep and he could easily sleep on a couch anywhere okay 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 so this is just an example but you know for example driving papa to his 90th birthday party he could have driven himself but he didn't want to do it because it was at night and so i decided i'll be the dd i'm not going to drink but I'll drive him. It was very nice of you. I'm not going to have as f- much fun, but I'll drive him. It and, was and, super nice. And so, with this, and is, then you got shit on about your driving. I did. <laughs> so, it's, do you see, so it's this, it's this kind of, it's this dichotomy of like, okay, I want something for myself, but in the end, it's it's actually going to be a better situation for everyone if if I take a little bit of a sacrifice and then they get a, a bigger, yeah, a bigger thing. So this, it's this constant battle but it is it's like viewing myself as an individual or an organism yeah. with many tentacles this and like true. my family and, and people around me are tentacles okay this is great however not everyone is playing this game yeah your sister doesn't play the game no i'm not saying no i'm not oh. saying that actually i had a very good talk with my sister oh. about this about oh. you know maybe our natural instincts might be a little different or mm-hmm. we have different uh awarenesses in ter- terms of like you know uh, sensitivities to this see i say. relate this all to my social work training mm-hmm. which is sibling configurations mm. where you are in the family if you're the firstborn, you're used to getting all the attention you're getting things your way you're the only you're the star of the show right the I'm second pretty, one well, you're, gonna you're the second a whole one fucking conflict with my sister no, and I right saying now for this, no reason no this is any i'm talking about anybody the second child is always... anybody. She's clearly the firstborn. I'm clearly the secondborn. Oh, well, I'm a firstborn. I could tell you that was the same with me. The second one doesn't get as much attention because they're just like a, tr- a tag along. You know? I'm the tag along? You're the tag along. So what they have to do, though, is to shine in other ways, like be charismatic or funny or goofy or walk around like you, you know, with a popcorn bowl on your head and cowboy boots when you're in your diaper. You know, that's, that's kind of like what the secondborn has to do to get attention. Okay, so how does this relate to the whole giving? Well, usually it's harder for the firstborn to give because they're used to having so much. And the second one was used to, you know, being like kind of like shafted because but the older sh- one is going to take more. So you think it's harder for you to give because you're the firstborn? I don't know. I mean, I, I probably am used to getting things my own way because I'm the firstborn. This is the first I've ever heard you say this. Well, it might be true. 
Especially well, if it's the same sex. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a younger sister. You, you know, and then the next one, if there's a huge gap between the last two, it's almost like the last one, like, is almost six years apart. It's almost like the last one's an only child. Mm. Well, which is a whole different dynamic too. Or the you baby don't of the learn, family, You don't right? learn to share. You get a lot. Of, you get spoiled a lot. Which my brother was the youngest child. And my brother. You think you think Gerald was was spoiled? No, but he got a lot of attention for being the youngest, you know, goof. He, well, he was also the, by far the cutest of the whole family. Oh, my God. He's so cute. But no, no, everybody was cute, just that he was little, so we all thought... He, he wasn't was, a husky. He was okay, at so, times husky in his life as well. Cool. All right, so I'm relating this all back. It's this idea of, of pleasuring other was, people and seeing them as part of yourself. You got more to say over here? He actually wasn't ever a husky. I know that's what I'm saying. I was a husky. He was not. <laughs> I just realized he was never a husky. Never a husky. Who cares? Okay, it doesn't matter. It has nothing to do. He just in general was a cute, cute little fuck. I don't. It was because he wasn't uptight. He was like a little. He was a little rascal. He was known as like the mayor of everywhere yeah. he went. He's the kind of person that everybody wants All to right, hang around. Gerald, why? Why is this? This it's the Gerald show. It should be called the Gerald show at this point because we just talk about Gerald on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sometimes you got to talk about the, the, the little cutie pie. Okay. Anyway. I'm relating this all back to th- this idea of like, of giving and receiving in, in, in to, do you just try, is the goal to just try to take for yourself and kind of, if every, here's what I'm trying to say. We can function in, in, in a world or a family, society where everyone is on the same page as we're all just going to try to take and for ourselves and handle ourselves. Or we can function in a society where we're all like, we're all going to try to give to the other per- people, and then as a result, everyone's going to be taken care of. And everybody will be happy. This is like that allegory with all the kings sitting around the bowl of food. Did we already talk about this no, in the show? No, I've never heard this. Or if I did, I forgot. Yeah, I think it's like this Greek allegory, I think. All the the all these gods are sitting around this massive pot of, of food, and they have these massive spoons. But the spoons are actually so large that if you dip them in the middle pot and then try to bring it to your mouth, it, you can never, it's so far away, you can never get it into your mouth. So? So they figured out. Or if actually, they work they as a team, everybody can get a sip? You, you, you take a spoonful from the middle and you put it in the person's mouth across from you. Oh, and then you can you can all everyone that is, is kind of cool. Of. Yeah. So, okay, so but I so, think that's the way our society used to be. Like in terms of like we'd all forge together. I actually think in the allegory they all yeah. died and they all starved what to the, death. Then what kind of allegory is that? It's that, just that, an that, allegory. It was like a stupid allegory that if they all died, then it's not obviously that's not a happy good. ending. It's a tragedy. <laughs> Why did you bring it up in terms of how you because should function in society? It, it kind of gets to this idea: is are we functioning in a society where everyone kind of views each other as like an extension of themselves and thus, thus cares for them? Or is it like let's just let's uh, let's just spend for ourselves? Yeah, which I think is a very else. capitalist idea. Yeah, I think that's basically the way the United States is in general. But in a family, it's very it's challenging. And yeah, I think with close yeah. friends, it's challenging. Yeah, because you don't you play by different rules sometimes, and then there can be resentment built up. There's always like one person that seems to be a little bit more controlling or selfish. I think there can be many people. I actually think in any relationship, it's it's almost impossible to have. I bet I think this dynamic is constantly in flux, and I also think that it it's going to be so. Not only is it changing with the person at all times, but it's going to have a different dynamic with every person that you're around. Well, like let's just think of like a, a man woman relationship. There's always like a power imbalance. It's never actually equal. So one person sometimes has more power than the other. I always find it's a that fast. it's a little teeter totter in terms of the power, in terms of um, 
the dance that you do even sexually. Yeah. Well, so this relates. This I'm trying to bring this all back, back to, sex. to sex. It's sex talk with my mom. This relates to She Comes First, the book by Ann Kerner, because it's about, all about using your mouth to pleasure this person and in turn gaining pleasure from that, which I think is accurate. Right. I think a lot of women like to give blowjobs because they, they, A, know that the pleasure they're giving the guy is so intense that he will then um, experience happiness. You'll experience happiness because you give him this pleasure, but also you have a little more power than once you have that dynamic going yeah some people will do that for the power yeah other people do it because they they feel like that you know they have it almost is like gets to an existential like thing like they have reason to exist because they can clear they clearly are worthy or you can you can of life or you can be like me and saying uh who's more important me or the new york giants what <laughs> what the fuck does that mean <laughs> that, that means that I have that kind of power. At the time, the <laughs> you what to, the you, fuck are you? Use your imagination. You you wanted to fuck during a New York Giants game, and D's was that no. on, the, on the fence. No, I'm saying if, if you're giving someone oral pleasure, you can get them to say whatever you want. So I could get him in the middle of that to say that he preferred me over the New York Giants. What the fuck <laughs> kind of weird fucking shit is that? <laughs> the fuck is that <laughs> all right let's move on you can use your imagination i don't want to use my imagination <laughs> you I, and i don't need to use my imagination because you just spelled it out for me <laughs> you kept saying well what does that mean i just find because what the fuck is that i i thought it was a comical thing that i thought i'd share with you i wish you hadn't okay moving on Ugh. all right uh, uh, tmi yeah too much information i'm just saying that y- y- you know a it, lot of people, if you watch porn, it looks like these women are just like, oh, I just love, I get so sexually turned on by giving someone a blowjob. That's probably not the case. I think it. if you care about the person, you could then, be, you, then, yeah. then you'll get the, that gratification from yeah, it. Yeah, or if it's part of and, sex. And then I start thinking, well, I'm going to start doing this. Okay, so now I have a newfound... Oh, here it comes. What? You're worried about if you get diseases from doing this. No. What? I am worried... But I also think that, I think that, okay, so I have this new idea of like, okay, well, look, you, you have a new perspective on sex. You can, yeah. you know, you, you are, po- I am a powerful person. Now you got this inside information. Because yeah, I got the inside scoop. You got insider but then, trading but then I'm information. Like, oh, am I going to start going down on these strangers? If, and it you, seems if, like such a vulnerable act, such a, such an intense, intimate thing. I'm going to start doing this with, oh, let me suck on your clit. It's a stranger. <laughs> well, that's why I always found it weird that prostitutes would charge more money to have intercourse than to give head. Yeah, because you, I know you mentioned this yeah, on the show. Yeah, that's yeah. why I find it to be like, such, it just like seems like, well, who your wants someone? Your face is right there. Your, your, it, all your senses are right and there. And like, people can come in your mouth then and, you know, it's just a whole different experience than if you're actually just having sex, which you can close your eyes and pretend you're not even there. Yeah. So I'd like to have, hear from the listeners as to what they think is uh, the whole situation with the blowjobs. Do you have any oral sex? Do you have any other uh, thoughts that this is spurred about giving, taking, receiving? Yeah, I just think it's really important for men especially to understand that women are not as consumed with the whole act of penetration as they are. Right. 
well, <laughs> I think the man has reason to be concerned with it because that's usually how the man gets off. Right. Well, that's my point is that women don't need you to pound away for 45 minutes. They can just get off and, and I mean, it can have it happen for a couple of minutes. They'd be, okay, we're all both done here. So I think it's just something that is propagated by misinformation. And Freud, this is why you started hating Freud? I think Freud has a lot of faulty theories. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you want to, so you have been obsessed with this idea by Gretchen Rubin recently. Yeah, so I She's another actually, podcaster. Yeah, I, I've seen her speak at the podcast movement she, with her sister. And uh, she has several books out right now. One of the books is called The Four Tendencies, and I haven't even read it, but I wanted to take a quiz to figure out. You haven't read it. You've been talking about it the, the whole 10 days we've been here. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in it. What have you read if you, you have not read the book? I haven't have read you, the book. What's their podcast, by the way? The podcast is called uh, 10% Happier. No, that's Dan Harris's podcast. It's called <laughs> Happier with Gretchen Rubin. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I literally, I, I thought, I, I'm I thought, not good with names. I thought maybe she knows it better than I do because I, I don't know if it was just happier with Gretchen Rubin. And then you right. definitely didn't have it. So I'm reading her latest book, though. That's what I'm trying okay. to tell you. Okay, all right. Of so so I, are we going to do this quiz? No, I'm just going to tell you what her latest book is first. Oh, you don't even know this? No, I don't know her latest book. Her latest book, which is the one I'm reading right now, is called Better Than Before. And she brings up in the first couple of chapters... Are you uh, just constantly reading self-help books? No, I also read fiction. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but I do. I, I do like to read about. I, I, I'm not judging because I'm kind of reading about self help. Uh, Listen, I, I have, guess it's not a self help book. I it's have a, um, a social work master, master's in social work, and most of that was psych, psychology and sociology mixed together. So, I'm very interested in the way that human mind thinks. And so, the four tendencies are: one is the upholder, two is the uh, questioner three is the obliger and four is the rebel and this is her her philosophy on uh, her philosophy her philosophy is based on these tendencies that if you know okay what the, are what are each of these wait, things well you have to know why she wants why why does she want you to know are you it. stalling yes okay how it's basically by asking one simple question, how do I respond to expectations? We gain exciting insight into ourselves. And when we know how other people respond to expectations, we understand them far more effectively as well. So you need to know which one of these four, they're, they're different, they're two types, kinds of expectations, outer expectations, meeting work deadlines, et cetera, and inner expectations, keeping a New Year's resolution, those kind of things. Uh, so this so, is, uh, this also relates to the giving thing because it's like, expectations can be like uh, someone expects something of you or you expect something of someone else or yourself and then you can choose to give to them right. and meet those expectations or not. And knowing our tendency can help us set up a situation in, in the ways that make it more likely that we'll achieve our aims. We can make better decisions, meet deadlines, meet our promises to others, suffer less stress and engage more deeply with others if we know uh, which one of these tendencies that we are or who we're, who we're dealing with. Okay. So there's a quiz that we can take on the four tendencies. So Wait, what are the four tendencies? I just went through but them. But no one knows what the fucking upholder is, the I questioner, know, I know. and obliger. So, so, just give us the cliff notes. No, I can't do that. because You've I, been giving the cliff notes all weekend. I know, but I think I kind of 
made them up. Okay, so make it up for the audience. Well, I think what it is, is the upholder sounds like someone who upholds all the rules all the time. They uphold the inner, in their own inner rules and they uphold the outer rules. Like they never go through a stop sign even if there's nobody around and that kind of thing. Then the next one is a questioner who questions things. What is expected things. of them? Yeah, so the questioner is going to... Um, question. Question things and once it makes sense to them, they're, they're going to uphold those things too. And then the third one is, and I'm probably not saying anything in depth right now because I don't really, I didn't even read the book yet. I don't understand why you talk about it nonstop if because you don't know what the fuck the you're talking about. Because the obliger is someone who, <laughs> who would rather give to... The, feels obligated. Feels obliged and obligated. Yes, to other people's rules or expectations than their own. And the last one is the rebel that basically doesn't adhere to any rules or anybody's expectations and even even in even their own. So, so the obliger is kind of like the backbender. So yeah, and so what I figured and what she said in, in the she was briefly describing it in the in the audible I was listening to better than before. She said that most people fit into either the questioner or the obliger categories. There's a very small amount that are of holders upholders and rebels. Mm-hmm. What are you? I think I'm a questioner, but I don't know because I have to finish. I have to take the quiz, and I think sometimes I'm, I'm I lean towards the upholder too, but I don't think I'm a obliger as much as yeah. I, I am a little bit of an obliger too. I think a lot of these you I they kind of like blend. They blend, and also you probably probably parts of you like I'll be an obliger around you. Yeah, and you might not be an. I obliger might be a questioner so. around D's. Why do you pick him up for the question? I, I don't know. I, you have a lot of questioners. I have a lot of questions there too. Anyway, so, but I feel like you're an obliger. I know because you've been telling me all fucking weekend I'm an obliger. Uh, and then I asked Jeremy, since it's a Jeremy show, what he was. And he says he thinks he's an obliger. Well, considering the fact that the last time he came in, he slept on a tablecloth. And this time he came in and he, he didn't even have a towel. I had to use a hand towel to wash himself. Uh, I I kind of think he might be. The, he's the one sleeping in the living room the whole time with, with basically. He just doesn't complain, so that's why he ends up. But he does. He, then he does make the uh, the tit for tat situation because he's like, well, if I'm sleeping on the couch, I'm not. I'm not. I'm getting drunk at this party. <laughs> I'm not the DD. Oh yeah, he didn't have to DD. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so are we going to take this? this there's a yeah, quiz online, the, the Gretchen Rubin Four Tendencies Quiz. Well, let's do the first one. All right, when you've formed a healthy habit in the past, what helped you stick to it? A, I'm pretty good at sticking to habits even when no one else cares. B, doing a lot of research and customization about why and how I might keep that habit. C, I could stick to a good habit only when I'm answerable to someone else. Or D, usually I don't choose to bind myself in advance to a particular course of action. I'm pretty good at sticking to habits. I'm going to say you usually you don't choose to bind yourself in advance to a particular course you, of action. What the hell? I when I want to work out or do yoga or whatever or meditate, you're wrong. Okay, no. I'm answering my. You're okay. not supposed to answer the questions okay. for me. All right. Me. So you want to say I'm pretty good at sticking yeah, to habits? Yeah, pretty good stick, okay. sticking to habits. All right. I don't think that's accurate, but okay. Which description suits you best? Discipline, sometimes no. even when it doesn't make sense. No. B asks necessary questions. Yes. What's with you and the questions? I think you want to be a questioner. <laughs> this, anytime you see someone, an answer with questions in here, you're saying, I want to do that because I'm a questioner. Which description best describes you? Puts, puts others, clients, families, neighbors, coworkers first and refuses to be bossed by others. 
ask necessary questions. I'm going to say refuse no. to be blessed by others. No. Wanna, yeah, you know, this you is are, unbelievable. You think, you, I'm have a, known, you think I'm a rebel. You don't know anything about yourself. You are acting like a, a little know-it-all. All right. Ask necessary questions? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All, right, All right. Here we go. Oh, man. This is a, it's long a long one. ass question here. Let's skip that one. We're going to skip it. This is such a rebel move by you. Yes. Maybe I'm a rebel. People get frustrated. Commitments to others. It won't let you oh, just skip it. All right. right. We're going we're gonna to okay. take a pause and we'll look, come back. Okay. All right. We're back. Give them the results, mother. The results are? The results surprise, are Surprise, surprise. I'm a questioner. Oh, I wonder why. <laughs> I wonder why you're a questioner. It's because literally you were answering the questions so that you could be a questioner. Well, it makes sense. Questioners question all expectations and they respond to an expectation only if they conclude that it makes sense. You, you in in essence, they meet only inner expectations. Here, here's my response to you. What? You are a rebel. A rebel? You're a rebel and you uphold what your sister wants, but that's about it. Oh. You're an upholder for one person <laughs> in the world and a rebel for all the rest. Okay, that's, that is... Completely false, except yeah. for the part about my sister. <laughs> uh, anyway, so what do you think you are? I, I think around you and around the family, I'm going to oblige her. Around my friends, I'm going to oblige her. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, around, and around your clients? Around these, I'm a questioner. And around <laughs> and the clients, oblige her. Yeah. So basically, we're 100% obliger, no, except around these? Around, uphold her around the, the, my, my clients. Oh, you're an upholder. Yeah. Meaning that you will Buy just... Buy the books, going to do it. I'll make it happen. That could be an obliger, though. What's the difference between an upholder and obliger? The, well, obli- uphold, the upholder takes takes into consideration themselves equally uh, as the people outside of themselves. And, and the obliger just doesn't give a shit about themselves, gets walked all over. Can I tell you what the difference? Hates the world because here. of it. No, listen. Upholder meets outer expectations and meets inner expectations. And a questioner resists outer expectations and meets inner expectations. Obliger meets outer expectations and resists inner expectations. And the rebel resists outer and inner expectations. Let me ask you something. Was that English? (laughs) I'm reading to you what they said. I didn't get any of that. What is it that you didn't understand? I just want to know the difference between an upholder and obliger. Okay. An upholder meets outer expectations expectations like that what the world and inner expectations and inner and the Whereas, obliger just holds outer expectations and not inner expectations and it may resist inner yes yeah, yeah and so you think i resist a lot of inner expectations well, i don't think you resist it as much as you just will put other people first yeah and that's why i think you know and i think this could just be a story that you've made up that i've agreed with okay well we shall see you guys that are listening. Let us know what you are. I think and at why this point they've tuned out because this is boring as fuck. Why? Why do you say something like this? See, I'm questioning that. <laughs> <laughs> why are you saying what you're saying? Because you're more concerned about what other people think oh, than what you thought about on. that. Because if you didn't think it was interesting, you wouldn't have gone on and on and on about it. All right. So I'm going back. So where we started, I'm a questioner, you're a obliger, call it a day. All right. What she did say is that the majority of people fit into either the questioner or the obliger category, and the rebel and the upholders are very small in, in proportion. Why are we talking about this? We want to know about other people. And, uh, no, that's not, that's not why we're talking about Well, why do you want to talk about 
Let's well, talk was, about sex, baby. It was relating to the fact that it, it is about giving to other people and, and, yeah. and meeting their expectations, which also relates to the sex. Uh, do, do, should we read these texts? Yes. But I want to say one other thing. We're going to be doing a little book club here. So the book of the month of April, which I guess we should say May too, since we just started our book club, in honor of Ian Kerner, our future guest, is called She Comes First. Read it and let us know your thoughts. If you have any questions for Ian... Let yes, us know. Text mom. That's our hotline. Yes, text mom. Give us a text. Give us a, a voicemail, uh, and and we'll read it. By the way, we have a live show coming up. We didn't mention that. Oh, exciting! It's on May fifth, Cinco de Mayo, come celebrate with us it's at Sunday. seven p.m. with Rai Dune, Brandon Calvillo of the I'm Sorry Dad podcast. We'll be performing at the Hollywood Improv. Very in, exciting in Los Angeles, and we're going to be doing a live podcast there. Yep, it's going to so, be fun. All right, so. Um, Come out and see us. You get a chance to meet all of us. Let's read some of these texts. Let's do that. A lot of them still relate to people's craziest place they've had sex. Oh, actually, one of them actually related to last week's morning after show, which I thought was pretty fascinating. All right. Which do you want to do first? Let's do that one first. See, notice I asked you a question. Oh, wow. The questioner comes in with a question. You know, and that's another tendency that I will say that you do have. I ask a lot of questions. I'll ask you a question, and then you respond. With a question. With a what do you think? <laughs> and I get so fucking irritated. Oh, you just <laughs> kick Gus in the face. Okay. All right. This is what the person said in, with regard to our last week's episode, which was all about um, different types of sex that people can have. Yes. This person said, my husband and I have been together for over 12 years. We have sex about weekly. It's almost always only for the fun of sex. We love each other very much, but don't have the deep connection during sex. Sometimes it bothers me. We've talked about it, but he doesn't understand what I'm even talking about. He tries, though, and I appreciate that on a very deep level. We trust each other. We snuggle naked to bond. We are in love. We still explore new and interesting things. I think that as long as you connect within your relationship, sex can be just for the fun, and that's okay. I'm with her. Yeah, I know you're goddamn with her. Yeah, it was like identical. She said it much more eloquently than I've ever said it. Do you snuggle naked to bond? Yeah, sometimes. Wow. Yeah, sometimes I like snuggling. So you, I love cuddling. Oh, yeah, I like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is a perspective that I I can't really relate, relate to, to because you haven't been in a relationship for twelve years with right. the same person. Mm-hmm. So you know, I mean, she, everything she said. I mean, she, yeah, it's she did say it sometimes bothers her that it, it's not at, at a deeper level, but then she realizes that they do a lot of things that probably are deeper than she's imagining. Yeah, so they're trying new stuff. And they seem to both be happy with the way their sex life is going. So, hey, more power to you, baby. Yeah. There's a... It seems that the, that this type of sex, this type of discussion... This is, a, this is a relationship to me that stands out as one of companionship. Yeah. Like, we're, 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 we're friends and we're doing this together and we're, you know, we're... We, we turn each other on sexually. Yeah. But it's not one in which you're getting completed by the other person. Yeah, and maybe and I, maybe that's not necessary. I think that's in an early phase of the relationship. You think we're, we're kind of uh, deluded to think this person actually completes me. I feel right. like a whole person. I think this could be in the infatuation period or something. I, I like that. I do the little, the trimester theory. Oh. Taking credit for my own thinking. Yeah, the, the first trimester theory that I came up with. Okay. Actually, uh, one of my friends, Glenn Johnson, came up with it. Okay, you wanted to. <laughs> but basically, throw that honeymoon in your period. Decorator into the. <laughs> yes, he came up with a great. 
Great idea here. But okay. he did tell me about this idea of the first trimester being one of like a honeymoon period where you don't really see many flaws and you have this romantic idea about how awesome this person is that they don't have any flaws really. And then you find out in the second trimester that there's some little red flags that pop up. And whether or not you can get through those red flags unscathed is another story. If but our podcasts were a drinking game and you had to drink every time you mentioned the trimester theory and explain in detail what the fuck I, it is, it, they would be hammered right but now. But what if someone had just tuned in for the first time and never had a chance okay. to hear my trimester? So the last trimester is when you can see that the person has you know, certain flaws and you're, there's a few red flags out there, but you can manage to overcome them. And that's the, that's how the relationship can ride into the sunset together. Okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. I wanted to to read some of these uh, <laughs> these these crazy sex stories. Okay. Which wanna... you tell me if these were in the. I don't know. You these can go either way if they're in the companionship phase, which trimester they're in at this point. Okay. Okay. All right, so they're this person all says... The, they're all in the probably the first, if, if not pre-trimesters. This person was describing a whole list of different places that they had, they had sex, okay? And then they said, my, my girlfriend was blowing me in the laundry room when a tenant walked in and <laughs> caught us, okay? First trimester. As for the hotel bathroom, it was Memorial Day weekend and we gathered 30 plus friends to go to Vegas. We rented out two suites, but people still had to wait for the restroom. We had all just returned after day clubbing and my GF and I decided to shower together. Then, mid-shower, she grabbed my dick and stuck it in her. That sex was probably my favorite because it was raw and we tried really hard to not make noises. I'm not sure if people outside ever found out, but we inspired other couples because they all decided to shower together after we did. P.S. The drive from Vegas back to L.A. was wild, too. My GF and I were in our own car, and she kept giving me roadhead. As a fair and loving partner, I proceeded to fingerfuck her. This was all fun and dandy until I started getting lightheaded and my hands got numb. Something would happen to you. I think this has happened to me. Not being able to feel the steering wheel scared the fuck out of me, so I pulled (laughs) over to the freeway shoulder. After hydrating a bit, smart move, I was able to recover and continue to fingerfuck her to completion (laughs) while still on the highway shoulder. Vegas is still one of our favorite places this day. Okay, so... Thank you, Alex. All those things... Okay, they don't fall into any of the trimesters because... Whenever you're in a for a different place, like even oh, in, wow. then it then it did start then it renews and resparks all kinds of sexual you're at square one again. You're at square one again. That is fascinating. Thank you. Well you this is an addendum to the trimester theory that I've never heard before. No, I think we've mentioned before the fact that sex doesn't really have to do with the trimester theory. It's more about relationships. Do you think it's completely disentangled from the trimester theory? Pretty much so. Wow. Unrelated. That's surprising to me. I mean, if there's some serious uh, red flags about sex you're having, then I guess it would go in there. Uh, Like, if the only way they can get off is like, you know, by making you bloody, I I would say that that would be a red flag. And that may not not end up bearing uh, and and going into the third trimester. But other than that, I don't know how how much the sex relates to it. What the bloody? I'm trying to think of like what thing could be completely intolerable. That would be intolerable to me if that's the only person. Only way someone can get off is like by beating me bloody. Well, that would be a red flag. <laughs> yeah, I bet there are a lot of listeners that did, that's their yum. So don't yuck it, mother. I'm not yucking it. I'm just saying that that would be a red flag for me. We got some other wonderful texts. I'll just read one quick one. We got to wrap it up over here. Okay. I would like to also say to the listeners, that I would love to hear what your red flags are in general. That's an interesting question. Mm. 
episode hey just listen to episode 197 i think it's one of your funniest episodes yet i could not stop laughing and you two gave me some great advice towards the end i really am proud of y'all how y'all are growing as people keep it up did we read that one already no but that we, was really sweet we might have read it to ourselves because that's sweet yeah as hell. that was sweet thank you very much i think we did read it on the show ah uh, well uh. all right i think that we got to wrap it up mother that was it there's a bunch of others here. You want me to keep going? Yeah. Okay. Tanner says Tanner regular. Tanner is is now a patron. I think he's a Thank member you, of the Thank you, Tanner. Pack. Thank you so much for. Uh, he's one of Gerald's friends and now a friend of ours. Yeah, and apparently John too. Those are two patrons. Thank you for supporting us on Patreon, and uh, we really appreciate that. You know, no matter what shout your budget, out, it's shout out to Tanner and Gerald's new podcast that's coming out called uh, "Our Dead Our Dads Are Dead." Yeah, that's going to be, it's gonna a really, be very interesting. Really cool. We heard, we heard their intro. It's great. Or their first episode. All right. Tanner said, after listening to you guys for so long on your own pod, it was really such a joy to see where you guys make the magic happen. But even cooler to hear how you put it all together. You guys are doing the Lord's work, free me from all my Midwestern Catholic guild around sex. So thanks for slow, slowly but surely making me a healthier sexual being. Smiley face. What a sweet little monster. <laughs> By the way, he's not so little. But I got I got to say that is wonderful. People that that have listened to us over the years, and have realized and and it's helped them overcome whatever Catholic guilt or whatever religious beliefs have said you can't masturbate or you can't have. Sex. It could have just been a, a parent who who didn't want you to be yeah. sexual. Anything or oversexualized you? Yeah, it could be whatever. Whatever it is, if we're helping you overcome those kind of societal constraints, yay! 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 All right. On that note, I think we got to sing it. Thank you very much, Tanner. And on that note, I think we got to sing it out. And let me tell you about the birds and the bees and the flowers and the trees and the Gretchen Rubin for tendencies. Oh, oh yeah. Fucking A. Nailed it, didn't I? Wonderful job, Moot. You guys, yay. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> We're going to have to have Gretchen Rubin on the show just for that. Yep. All right. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for spreading the love. Love you. And if you care to, please send this to a friend. That's the best way to get the word out about our show. Sharing is caring.